Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Just Thinking with yours truly. This is a special episode for me because it was four years ago, almost to the day that I was here in these studios with the beautiful downtown Dallas in the background. And at that time, I was a guest on the podcast of J.W. Marshall, Voices of E-Learning. But today, I'm hosting the show, and I have a very special guest, a friend, a colleague, and a soon-to-be-published author, Leslie Lauder. So I'm not going to even begin to introduce Leslie to you. She's accomplished so much in her career. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about who she is. So, Leslie, who are you? (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. Well, first of all, I'm an educator, so that's why we're here today. I've, I've worked in the public school system, you know, beginning as a teacher, uh, of course, been a principal, assistant superintendent, and now I have the pleasure of being the chief academic officer at 806 Technologies. And in this current role, what I get to do, I'm so fortunate to, to have the opportunity to work with school leaders all over the United States. and we spend time talking about continuous improvement and about how to help schools grow. So that's why we're here today, and that is the topic of my upcoming book. Well, that's very exciting, and I'm so glad to have the opportunity to talk about your book. Before we get into that, though, I want to know a little bit more about your favorite part of the work that you do. Oh, the best part of the work is when you spend time with teams that are our school leaders and they have breakthrough moments that mm. they have those aha moments of um, either understanding the root causes of their problems or it could be um, a time when they're bringing new people in and they're revisiting that vision statement and they get that that feeling of excitement and oh my goodness, these are the things that we can do. And I just love that that light and that energy when they have those breakthrough moments. It's it's lots of fun. It's infectious, isn't it? It is infectious, I yes. I can tell that gets you excited. And it so does. The, uh, this idea of continuous improvement, there's a lot of talk about continuous improvement out there. Mm-hmm. For some, it's even become a little bit of a buzz phrase. But mm-hmm. what are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about uh, continuous improvement. It is a buzzword and mm-hmm. you do hear it in, in lots of circles, but I think before looking at the misconceptions, you have to really understand what it is. Right. And so continuous improvement is really um, a commitment. It's it's a commitment by school leaders, the adults working in the schools and trying to be better tomorrow than mm-hmm. they are today. It's that constant look at what we're doing to make sure that it, it is making the impact that we want. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, then we make those adjustments. It's making sure that we really know who those children are and that we're giving them the things that they need in order to be successful. So it's, it's not really an event. Mm-hmm. It is something that is integrated and embedded. It, it becomes a way of life in schools that are using it correctly. So to go back to the misconceptions, mm-hmm. some of the things I hear are, oh, we do that. We, we have a meeting scheduled in May and we do that. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and that's about producing a document. You know, right. they talk about uh, we'll, we'll have a meeting when those state assessment scores come in and we'll look at our, our test scores, we'll make adjustments on our document, and then we're done. Right. And that's not continuous improvement at all. No. Continuous improvement is not about that document. 
the, the document they produce is a great tool and it's a support, but it's more about the conversations that occur. It's about the understanding that the adults get and, and their ability then to take that information and move forward. That's what continuous improvement is. And it doesn't happen automatically. No, it doesn't. It takes leadership. It takes leadership and it takes time. Yeah. It goes back to that commitment. Yeah. And a big piece of this is culture. If you don't have the right culture in place in a school, you're not gonna be able to enjoy the benefits of continuous improvement. And um, because it's continuous, mm -hmm. we grow into these things. Yes. So, you know, it's it's not um, just saying, oh, well, we tried and we can't do it. It, it is taking a step where you are, mm -hmm. really looking at the situation and then determining what's gonna be that next step to, to make it grow and, and to make us better tomorrow than we are today. So you might even fail a little bit along the way. Absolutely, and that's not a problem. It, it, it all goes back to that culture again. You right. want a culture that is safe for you to try those things and failure is gonna be a piece of it. You, mm -hmm. you look at any of the stories of uh, the big athletes or anyone, they'll tell you how many times they missed those free throws before they made them. And so it's all about an action, doing something, and then stopping to check to see, okay, where did it work? Where did it not? How can I do this better next time? And then trying it again. So failure is not the end. Failure is just a piece of it, and you would expect that in order to get better. I love that. Failure is a piece of it. So speaking of setting the right culture and tone, mm -hmm. you've been a leader, as you said. You've mm -hmm. been teacher, principal, sure. central office administrator, assistant superintendent. Mm -hmm. You lead in the work you've been doing at 806 Technologies. And so how are you different from other thought leaders in your space? Well, one of the things that I see that's very important mm -hmm. is to make sure that the continuous improvement framework mm -hmm. and the the documents that are produced and the content that goes in it, that all of that is just as simple and as clear as it, it can possibly be. What we see happening sometimes in schools is you um, have an assistant superintendent and they um, have a need for this piece of data or information. And, and so, you know, the conversation is, wouldn't it be great if we just could add this on? And then that person leaves and you've got another one that comes in. They don't know why that's there, right. um, but they don't want to get rid of it. it. If it was important to someone, it's probably still important again. But I'm gonna go in this direction and here's this piece that I'd like to add. And before we know it, we have snowballed into something that is very unmanageable. And so if we are going to create conditions where schools can grow and mm -hmm. principals can grow and students can grow and learn, we've gotta make sure we keep that scaled back and mm -hmm. keep things just as as simple as we possibly can and as clear as we possibly can. So how do you help schools and school leaders with the scaling back and making it more simple? It becomes a natural part of continuous improvement because we want to analyze and uh, everything that we do. And so one of the things that we do is we do an evaluation and those can happen at different times of the year. You can take a particular program or a strategy and do a simple evaluation. And with that, you wanna look at the impact that, it, that occurs. And you also wanna make sure that there are steps there 
where they could determine if this is something that we want to strategically abandon. It creates some safety and it gives people the courage to do it when they've walked through an evaluation and they use a um, theory of action or a protocol mm -hmm. where they've looked at all of these pieces to determine if is this really giving us what we want or what we need. And when you walk through that, mm -hmm. it makes it so much easier to say, okay, we, we're gonna make the choice or the decision to strategically abandon this piece because we, we are going in another direction or we see that our students need something else or teachers need different training. And so it just becomes a natural part of continuous improvement that we don't continue with everything all the time. We right. just can't carry that. And there are seasons when things are very effective in schools and then we need to let them go. Easier said than done, right? Oh yes, <sighs> so. easier said than done. But those words are kind of burnt into my brain now. Strategic abandonment. Again, easier said than done, but mm -hmm. incredibly important if we're really gonna move the needle for teaching and learning. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and another thing that I think about when you're talking about continuous improvement is this whole idea of the implementation dip. Mm -hmm. So we've decided to go in a different direction. We're gonna try this new strategy, this new approach. Mm -hmm but be prepared, there's going to be an implementation dip. Mm -hmm. And as educators, in my experience, we tend to want to drop it once yes. that dip starts, mm -hmm. right? That's why we call a veteran teacher someone who's been at it for three years, because they've seen the implementation come in, mm -hmm. the dip, we drop. Mm -hmm. It dips, we drop, we dip, we drop. So we teach the teachers status quo. That's right. Just keep going. That's right. So. Um, how, how does that come into the work that you do when people struggle a little bit with the implementation dip as they're working through this continuous improvement process? When you're starting with a new strategy, you need to plan that out and, okay. th and think about how that feels right now as we're getting started with the um, professional learning or you know whatever happens there at the very beginning and, and think about what is going to happen within the next 90 days and then within the next 90 days. And we talk about that, that you start something, um, we may not see anything in 90 days and then the next 90 days we may actually see a dip and what are we gonna do when that happens? So we anticipate those Love pieces it. being in there and making it okay yes. for that dip to occur. And then you recognize it, oh, that's where we are. We see the implementation dip, let's record that. Our expectation is it's not gonna last forever. It's gonna come back. Leslie, that is so powerful because that really um, helps to reinforce the importance of those formative reviews throughout the process, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Critically yes. important and a lot of times in continuous improvement, we don't take the time to schedule mm -hmm. those formative reviews and have the thoughtful conversations and even anticipate that there may be dips. Right. There may be some failures that we experience. So I, I love that. So um, what's some advice that you have for people that are out there that are focusing on continuous improvement for their schools and districts? Just, just in general, what would you offer? Well, one of the things I would say is don't forget to look for strengths and assets too. Because um, in any framework or format that you have, it's always asking for uh, what are the strengths, what are the uh, problems. And usually what happens is we very quickly think about something that is a strength and we just kind of gloss over it because as educators, we want to get into those deficits, find, find those problems yes. because we're fixers. Yes. We, we want children to um, excel and do well. And so we want to identify those problems and solve them so that we can move on. But you know, um, 
strengths can help us too. And assets are so important, yeah. especially in this um, period during accountability where there are so many negative things um, mm -hmm. pointed to schools. Yep. We, we have to build on those assets so that we can bring joy back into the school. Amen, oh Amen. my word, yes, we need yes. some joy, absolutely. Yes, we do. And it's amazing how much those assets can actually help us as we're trying to eliminate the deficits. So we need to spend some time with that. It's not to gloss over the deficits. We need to know what they are. We right. need to dig deep into those, but we don't have to stay there. Right. We don't have to dwell there. We can identify those pieces, make sure that we're working to eliminate any of those barriers or anything that's in the way, but also let's, let's celebrate the assets. That's so powerful, Leslie. You know, it's important with the educators, with the leaders, the teachers, but wouldn't it be great if uh, that filtered to the students as yes. well, right? Yes, yes. asset-based approach. Go yes, ahead, you were gonna say something would. tonight, yes. You know, it, it, almost any teacher, as they think back over their, their history of working with students, almost any teacher can give you the face of the student who um, can't stay in his seat. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's busy, he's, he's always got something to say. And you know, those kids are often labeled as a student who can't keep their focus. But what about thinking a, a little bit differently about that same child? What about thinking about that as being the child that has so much energy, he can get things more things done in a period of time than others can. And, or maybe think about him from the fact that he's always got a smile on his face and he's yes. in a good mood. Put that child in the front of the school, let him open the door. Good morning, I'm glad you're here, welcome. Good morning, I'm glad you're here, welcome. And help them build on the positive pieces um, rather than dwelling on, don't do this, sit down, sit down, be quiet. So That's, it can make a difference for our children. Absolutely, That's so powerful. You know, clearly uh, this is an area of passion for you. It is. Right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that passion I'm sure is part of what motivated you to capture this in a book. Yes, right? yes. So mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about that, um, that process, kind of you had the idea, you met with publishers and so forth. How, how mm -hmm. did all that go, mm -hmm. putting this book together that's soon to be published? Yes, well, first of all, um, lots of people have told me, will you write that down? Will, mm -hmm. you, will you record this? We need that information. And so that's, that's what put the seed in my, mm -hmm. my thinking to begin with about um, recording ideas, great mm -hmm. ideas. And you know, quite honestly, they're, they're not all my ideas. Sure. It's, it comes from working with amazing educators everywhere. So it's really a collection of ideas from the smartest people that I know and um, pulling all that together into a book. And wow, it's quite a process, <laughs> more than I knew. Right. <laughs> Going through and you know submitting your proposals to publishers and, mm -hmm. and then accepting one and start working through the process of getting, getting a book published. Um, I've learned a tremendous amount. So if I were to do this again, I would do things a little bit differently. Um, Maybe write a book about how to get your book published? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I thought I knew, but I obviously uh, didn't, and I've learned a lot, but it's on its way, and nice. um, it'll be out here in the next uh, few months. Well, we all can't wait. What's Thank the title you. of your new book? Continuous Improvement Without Continuous Stress. 
we can all do with a little less stress. Yes, I agree, I agree. So did you come up with that title? Where'd that title come from? Well, actually it was uh, part of the publisher's idea to um, put, um, to kind of have a contest cool. for both the, the cover, yes. the, the picture on the cover, and also the name to put that out there and to the people who gave me the information to begin with. So I love that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. That is so awesome. So mm -hmm. where can people find out more about your work, the work that you do, uh, we do at 806 mm -hmm. Technologies, and um, also the work that you'll be doing as you get out there and start talking about your new book. Yes. Well, of course, 806technologies.com yes. would definitely lead you towards the um, continuous improvement work mm -hmm. that the whole company is doing. Yes. And so you can find out information there. And then as soon as we're ready for pre-orders, then then you can also find a link from there to our pre-order and it'll be it'll be on Amazon. It'll be easy to find. That's exciting. Well, Leslie, the uh, title of this podcast is Just Thinking. So is there anything else about which you're just thinking that I didn't give you an opportunity to speak to in the course of this interview? I think um, in thinking about where we are in our post-COVID world, mm -hmm. our educators are tired and, and they're, they've struggled to, to get back to that sense of joy. And I would just encourage them to keep going, keep mm -hmm. going. And, and to realize and remember that not everything is bad in school. There are so many good things that they're doing every single day and they're making a difference for children. So keep headed in the right direction, stay the course, and know that there are way more people out there supporting them than um, creating the, the negative publicity or, or news. I love it, focus on joy. Focus on joy. Joy for the educators, joy for the kids. Mm -hmm. Leslie, it's been a pleasure visiting with you and just thinking, thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Kevin, I appreciate it. It's always a joy to speak with you. Love it.